And just like that, we're back. Just like that. I hiatus, guys. I took another hiatus. Um, no excuses. Hand up. That's on me. I am the one that took the hiatus. Been about two weeks, I want to say. Last episode I did was fresh off of Tom Izzo inking one of his greatest, if not the greatest, basketball recruiting class ever. Um, since then, I feel like I've been around the world and back. Had two of my good friends' birthdays out here equals insane hangovers. Uh, equals just doing shit all weekend. I went to Coachella, great fucking time, equals infinity hangover. I think I'm still hungover. And then I had another friend's birthday and and a friend from home come out here to visit me. So I've been, priorities haven't been straight. Priorities haven't been straight. That's all I can say. I'm an accountable guy. You know that I'm an integrity guy. Priorities haven't been straight. I've been fucking off for the entire month of April between you and me. The people here right now, I consider you guys friends. I consider you guys close friends. You're hitting near Lear. Listen to me. You've been waiting for this episode to drop. You've been waiting for me to make a return. I can tell you guys anything. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was fucking off the entire month of April. Um, I've been a sack of dog turds. I have. I really have. But we're back. And the good news is we didn't miss much. What did we miss? We missed the Tigers. They won a couple games and then lost a bunch more doing Tiger things. This season's going to go nowhere, just as we all expected. The Red Wing season, I'm sure, I think it probably was already over the last episode. Um, the Pistons, nobody cares. Ima Udoka, we let go to Houston. All right, fine. Maybe we got an ace up our sleeve. I doubt it, though. Um, we probably don't even have like a 10 up our sleeve. We're probably sitting on like a four when it comes to the coaching hire, but that's fine. It's the Pistons. Right, 2010 was the last time anybody cared about them, the last time anybody should care about them, I should say. I don't really predict that next season will be any different. I certainly don't expect whoever we would hire at the head coaching spot. Phil Jackson, bro. Bulls Phil Jackson wouldn't amend this team. We wouldn't be able to figure shit out. It'll probably be more of the same next year, with or without Wimbanyama, with or without Scoot Henderson or whoever the fuck joins the fray. We do have some exciting lines to use. The draft's tomorrow. The draft's today. This is coming out Thursday. The draft is fucking today. Dude, the NFL draft, the Detroit Lions take the next step towards not being a laughing stock today. Think about that for a second. Think about all the momentum the Lions built throughout last season. We end on that win in Green Bay. We're 9-8. and eight. Sure, we didn't make the playoffs. Ben Johnson's turning down head coaching offers to come back. Aaron Glenn, we're getting him to stick with us. Jared Goff's back. Most of the core of this team is back. We lost a few guys here and there. We upgraded Jamal Williams. People are sad about him. We upgraded with David Montgomery. The offensive line is all coming back. We brought back Graham Glasgow. Is that an upgrade? Maybe the strength of the entire team, the offensive line last year, may have gotten a little bit better. Wide receivers, we lost DJ Chark, Jamison Williams getting in trouble for the suspension. That sucks. That sucks. I'm sure that means now we'll at least be, you know, we'll either be drafting a wide receiver. We'll go sign somebody. We may make a trade. There will be movement at the wide receiver spot. There is room to get better as well at the wide receiver spot. And I'm sure I have faith in Brad Holmes. Like he's not an idiot, dude. He knows we need more help. Amon Ra, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, like that ain't going to cut it. I hate no disrespect to any of those guys. Marvin Jones, that ain't going to cut it. No Jamison Williams. We got to figure something out in his absence. Now, I don't think Jamison being gone is the end of the world. Like, it's not Jared Goff being gone. I don't even think it's a Penny Sewell being gone. It's not Aiden Hutchinson. There's a lot of guys on this team that it would be a bigger blow 
if they were the ones betting on cricket at 6 a.m. at the Allen Park Fieldhouse. There's a lot of guys that it, we'd be worse off if they were the ones that hit submit on the DraftKings app. Jamison Williams, I wish he fucking was playing. I wish he didn't do that. I wish he wasn't going to be suspended. I wish we could see this dude from week one throughout a 17-game season. You know what I mean? Like, we were all ready. We're all ready here. I'm ready to see Jamison Williams be the guy that we traded up for. I'm ready to see Jamison Williams consistently be that guy that we saw. What, he get the ball three times last season? Every single time the dude touched it, he was nothing but electricity. Every time he touched it, he was doing something where you're like, oh, shit. Now I get why we took – yeah, I know why we drafted or we traded up. I get it now. This dude's fat. He's in the NFL where everybody's fast, and this guy is way faster than everybody on the field. I understand. I understand. I was ready for 17 weeks of that. I was ready for a full offseason into the season where there is no like, all right, let's warm him up. Let's take care of him a little bit. Let's protect him a little bit. We don't want him to get hurt. I was ready for it to be, hey, JMO. We spent the 16th pick or whatever it was on you. We didn't do a whole lot with you last year, right? A lot of decoy stuff. Gave you the ball a few times. Didn't put you in a whole lot. Wanted to protect you, whatever the reasons. This year, we are putting your ass in the fucking game, and we are going to be counting on you to make plays for us to win games, for us to win the North, for us to make the playoffs, and for us to eventually win in the playoffs. I was there. I still am there mentally. It sucks he's going to miss the six games. I don't want this thing to get blown out of proportion, and it already has, right? Like, I know that last week, like, this is a little bit of old news, right? I know that this happened last weekend. Um, I get it. I know I'm a little late to the party, but still, I just wanted to address it. I have to, right? Like, we don't have shit going on in this state. Michigan's recruiting their balls off. MSU is doing the dead opposite. We'll talk about that for a little bit later in the episode. But it's the Lions today. It's the Lions, it's Jamison Williams, and it's the draft. Like, those are... In the city of Detroit, in the state of Michigan, if you like sports, those are the only things on your mind. Even the Michigan thing, if you're a Michigan fan, absolutely, you're fired up right now about the football recruiting. If you're a Michigan State fan, you're probably not fired up about the recruiting. But even the, both of those, like it's the month of April. We got a long-ass summer ahead. We got a season after that. Like recruiting is not – this isn't fucking – we need to talk about this right now. The NFL draft, the Detroit Lions having a chance to win the North, like being a favorite. Hang on, being a favorite to win the North, being one of the best teams in the NFC, who is it? It's the Eagles, it's the Niners, and I think it's the Detroit Lions. That, I'm 25. First time in my life for any of those things I just said. First time in my life we're a top three team in the NFC. First time at maybe Dallas two, top four. First time in my life we're a favorite to win the North. First time in my life we went nine and eight, and we're looking to do better. Like, it's expected we're going to perform above that going into the next season. First time in my life, we are bringing back pretty much everything that was on that team last year. First time in my life, we won nine and eight. We've got five picks in the top 65. We have an unbelievable chance to upgrade, boom, like that, everywhere, wherever, defense, offensive line, bolster the wide receiving core. We, like this is an unbeknownst situation that the Detroit Lions are in. Of course, of course, that should be at the forefront of your mind. It's at the forefront of mine. Right. We're going to talk about it. The Jamison thing. Stupid. Dumb. Uh, it sucks. I don't know whose fault it is. Like, from what I understand, he didn't get busted betting on the NFL, which is good. That's good because you got to be a fucking moron to do that, Quintez Cephas. 
to do that, CJ Moore. To be on an NFL team after what happened to Calvin Ridley, like unless you're illiterate and deaf, you have no way of receiving information. I don't know how the fuck you could possibly bet on the NFL if you are in the NFL. I don't, I don't even get, I, I don't understand how that even like comes about. I don't get how you even entertain the idea. Like it's the off season. You're sitting on the couch with your buddies. And one of them goes, you guys want to bet Falcons Panthers this week? I don't know how you as a player in the NFL go. Yeah. Put me down for a grant. I don't know. I don't know where or how that even like begins to come about. It feels to me like anybody with a brain when they, when someone says you want to bet on an NFL game tonight, NFL player, it feels to me like anyone with a brain goes, are you fucking nuts, dude? Do you know what just happened to Calvin Ridley? No, I don't want to bet on the NFL. And especially when you're with the Detroit Lions, especially in the midst of last year, especially like this momentum we have building, you're going to screw that shit. Like you have a chance to be a part of something extremely fucking special this upcoming season. And you still can't contain yourself from throwing a grand on the Jaguars and the fucking Chargers. Like, what are you thinking, bro? What are you thinking? It's a bummer Cephas is gone. It's a bigger bummer I think CJ Moore is gone. I feel like he made some plays last year, right? Like, he wasn't a core guy. He's not Amon Ra. He's not any of those dudes we've mentioned already. But, like, he made plays. He's a great special teams player. I feel like he made some plays defensively. He was a nice player to have. On a 52-man roster, you want guys like CJ Moore. Bummer that he's out. But like those dudes, you're you guys are fucking morons, bro. I don't mean I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be mean. But like, what the fuck are you thinking? You just got yourself cut from an NFL team because you had to gamble on the sport that you play. What after someone just did it? After someone with a way bigger name than you just did it? After someone who brings way more eyes to the NFL than you just did it and got canned for a fucking year, and you still go. Well, they, they won't catch me. They won't care if I do it. I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. Like, that's a moron thing to do. Jamison Williams. Now, from what I understand, he's only suspended six games as opposed to the full season. I believe he wasn't gambling on the NFL. I think he was just gambling in general. But when he hit the submit button on his app, it happened to be on Detroit Lions premises. Obviously, that's the dumbest fucking rule anybody's ever written. Obviously. Any of those Florida laws where it's like you can't ride a tricycle on the left side of the sidewalk, any stupid you can't carry a sack of potatoes over your shoulder in Florida, any of those dumbass Florida laws you see on Twitter, this law, this rule is worse than all of that shit combined. You're telling me the NFL, who makes money, makes a shit ton of money, from partnering up with all these gambling companies. You're telling me the NFL, when I watch a game, I get 50 fucking gambling ads a game. You're telling me those guys to their players, I get it. You can't gamble on the league you're playing, but you, they said, Hey, you can't gamble on a baseball game on your team's property. You can go across the street, run to the Starbucks, ask to, for the bathroom code, pretend you got to take a shit. Maybe you do. Coffee always makes me have to hit the submit button there. You're golden. If it's 50 meters away, you're golden. You can't be doing it on team premises. That's the dumbest fucking rule anybody's ever written about anything. I mean, it is absolutely brain dead. Like, obviously it sucks, but it's just stupid. Why? If Jamison Williams got in his car, went out onto the road, turned right, and then hit submit, good. Good. If Jamison Williams just walked to the sidewalk, hit submit, 
Walks back in. Good. What are we doing? What are we doing, Roger Goodell? What the fuck are we doing? That's the dumbest shit I've heard in my entire life. And I know what everybody's saying. They've been saying it all week. And for some reason, um, it feels like because it's JMO, people are a lot quicker to say it, which is he broke the rules. Immature move. He didn't know the rules or he did know the rules and he broke them anyway. Can't be doing that. Can't be breaking the rules. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yes. You shouldn't be breaking the rules. It's the dumbest fucking rule on the planet Earth. But okay, sure. Now, here's my thing. I don't know. We don't know. I don't think anybody knows except for the team and JMO. Like, has that been conveyed, that message? Hey, guys, you can't bet on the NFL. That's for sure been conveyed to the team. Has the message of, you can, like, if you're going to bet on other sports, you just can't do it here. Has that con been conveyed? I'd like to think it has been. I'd like to think Dan Campbell and Brand Holmes made a very strong point. Like, I know, look, the NFL thing's obvious, but this other thing, if you're going to bet on other sports, don't do it at Ford Field and don't do it at the fucking practice facility. You can go anywhere else on the planet Earth, brother. Anywhere else you'd like to and gamble your life away, dude. Put your entire fucking contract on the Knicks to cover tonight. As long as you're not on Lions property, I don't care what you do with your paycheck. Live in a box and play blackjack until the night's over. It doesn't matter to me. I'd like to think that message was conveyed. If it was, then Jameson broke the rule anyway. Jameson, you're an idiot. Jameson, what the hell? Jameson, same shit I just said about those other guys. We waited all year for you. You, you, you barely scratched your edge. You got the ball a couple times. You were a decoy. We were protecting you. This was the year where it was your rookie year. It was time for you to hit the ground running. It was time for you to show all those people who passed on you, to show all those people who doubted you because you were coming off the ACL, why they fucked up so royally. This was your chance. And now you're going to miss the first six. And now you're right back in the same boat you were last year. Fortunately, six, not 10 or 11, however many games he missed with the injury last year. But still, man, like, if that message was conveyed and he did it anyway, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing, dude? Like, it's so easy. I get it. You see a juicy line. You want to jump on it. You don't want to fucking lose it. Your buddy's got it at plus 200, and because you had the weight, you only got plus 150. I understand the pain that that brings, right? You're a fucking millionaire, bro. Like the extra 50 points on the VIG, you'll live without it. I promise you. And if you absolutely can't wait, coach, I'm going to shit my brains out. I had old eggs for breakfast today. You mind if I run to the bathroom? Hop in your car, drive into the parking lot next door, hit the fucking button, get back, lick a piece of toilet paper, put it on your foot, and walk back into the meeting room. That's all it takes, JMO. If you got to place the bet, if you can't wait, you're salivating at the line you're getting on Alabama, Missouri, fucking go to the Starbucks across the street, bro. Walk out to the sidewalk. Do something. Say I got to call my mom something and just leave. Get off the property for two seconds. Submit. Your bet has been submitted. Let's play football. Let's learn the playbook. Let's figure out how we're going to dominate the NFC this year. It's not hard, bro. It's not hard. Like... I'm sure that I'm sure it's tough being an NFL wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it's very challenging. You got to stay in shape. You got to learn the playbook. You got to rehab. You got to worry about injuries. You got to do all these things. There's pressure, people on the internet. I get it. Like, bro, it's so easy to not break that simple of a fucking rule. It's so easy to just not gamble. 
on the two pieces of property in the entire state of Michigan that you're not allowed to. Like, it's so fucking easy to avoid that mistake. It's a bummer that he did. It's a bummer that it happened and it sucks. But let me defend the guy for a minute. A lot of people out there crucifying JMO. And I don't have a problem with people saying what I just said. Like, I don't have a people, I don't have a problem with people going, dude, it was fucking stupid. What's he thinking? Is an immature move. Like, it clearly, the team's not that important to him if he can't hold off the Alabama money line. I get that. I hear you. Fair. Fair. You're right. The people I have a problem with with this JMO thing are seemingly the ones that are like celebrating it. And it's every fucking time with Lions fans. How many podcasts throughout the season last year did I come on here and say this same exact thing, whether it was about Dan Campbell, whether it was about Brad Holmes, whether it was about Aiden Hutchinson, where people are like looking for the slightest crack of opportunity to jump down someone's throat and just tell you how much they stink, tell you that they were right about this guy not being good. How much does that happen in this fucking fan base? And I know it's the minority and I know most people, reasonable people, are rooting for Jamison. We want him to come back in week seven and terrorize the league. We want him to hopefully be a little scared straight by this. Hopefully Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, after this fucking incident, sat him down themselves and go, Jamison, bro, you're you're a fucking pro. Like, you're getting paid millions. We're counting on you. Don't turn yourself into a villain on your own here. Like, fucking figure it out. Yes, hopefully this mistake, we're down the straight and narrow after this. Hopefully. The people that are sitting there going, I told you he had maturity problems. I told you he was a bad culture guy. I told you he wasn't a professional. I told you he didn't belong in Detroit. I told you he was a bad pick when we made it a year and a half ago. All of those fucking people I have beef with because they're the exact people when the Lions start, well, were we one and three last year? They're the 0 oh and two, the exact fucking people who sat here and went, this Dan Campbell stinks. Brad, I told you Brad Holmes didn't know what he was doing. I told you Hutchinson would be a bust. All these same fucking people want, it feels like they want the Lions to fail. They want the the things we hope for, the things we cling to as a sign of progression and the Lions one day elevating above what the Lions have been our entire lives. It feels like they sit in their dark, crusty ass fucking pizza smelling Xbox controller stained basements going, I can't wait for the next marquee Detroit Lions player to fuck up so I can run to my mom's computer and say, I told you, same old Lions. It's the culture. He's never going to fit. That shit drives me crazy, bro. That shit drives me nuts. It's okay to be frustrated with Jameson. It's a frustrating thing that he did. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to call his maturity into question. Absolutely. If you're out there celebrating, I told you this. He was never this guy. I, there it is. I've been waiting for it. He's immature. He's got character issues. If you're out there celebrating and puffing your chest and saying, I told you so, same old lions, you can go fuck yourself. I don't want to know you. I wish I could ban you from watching the Lions. I wish I could ban you from cheering when we win 11 games this season. I wish I could ban you from feeling fucking happiness. When Jamison Williams comes back in week seven and has eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown, I wish I could rip your fucking eyes out instead of being able to watch him do that because those will be the same people who go, eh, I guess he's all right. I guess he's all right. Like even if Jamison, let's say in the, what is it? He's not going to play the 11 games he does play. What? Let's say Jamison just has a nutsy. He's getting 100 yards a game, five catches a game, scoring every other. He's just unreal. Those same people will still be going, 
eh, he's okay. We'll see about this offseason. Let's see if he can do it in the playoffs. Let's see if he can do it next year. Let's see if he can stay healthy for 17. It'll just be excuse, 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 excuse. I'm rooting for failure, rooting for failure. Another reason I can say I told you so. Another thing that'll give me the same old lines. People stink. Those people stink. I know it's the minority. I know it's not true Lions fans because the, who? that's not a fan. That's a fucking hater. It's okay to be annoyed with Jameson, but dude, the people out there that are out here dancing on his grave, you got fucking problems. I get he's a professional too, and I get that he's making a bunch of money, but he's what, 21, 22? Like the dude's still a jackass. I'm 25. I'm a moron, bro. Now, if I was an NFL wide receiver making millions of dollars and I was with probably the most impoverished franchise in the history of the league right on the precipice of maybe breaking through – I'd probably think twice about hitting submit on Rory McIlroy to win the U.S. Open. Yeah, I probably would think twice about it for sure. I'm still a jackass, though. People fuck up. Hopefully he learns from this. And the best part is the number one reason, not for caution, but for like tranquility, the number one reason you shouldn't be losing your mind, the number one reason that you should be able to bear the annoyance of this situation is I don't like we don't need Jamison Williams for six games. You know what I mean? We didn't win games last year because of Jamison Williams. We, we won games. Yes, Amon Ra was unreal. Yes, DJ Chark had a couple of big ones. Yes, we won games because of the receiving core. But, like, that's not why the Lions found success offensively. The Lions found success because the offensive line is a dominant force. They found success because they could run the ball seemingly at will. They found success because when they run the ball, it opens up the play action pass. And when the play action pass is that open, you could put a fucking cripple out there to run a post route and he'd get pretty open. That's why we won games. It wasn't because we have this stud wide receiver that goes up in triple coverage and makes plays. It wasn't because we got a guy that just runs by everyone every play and it's an 80 yard touchdown. No, we ground people out at the offensive line. We ground people out at the line of scrimmage. We run the ball, we run the ball, play action, people are wide. That's why we won games. Jamison Williams, yes, he would accentuate that. Yes, he would make it easier and better and bigger. But it's not absolutely necessary for our success. And last year, literally, last year, literally, was case in point of why that's true. Didn't have Jamison for 11. Even when we had Jamison, had got the ball three times in six games or whatever it was. We don't need the guy to win. He would make us better. It'd be another thing for defenses to worry about. Yes, it's not the end of the fucking world if he's going to miss a couple games at the start of the year. So let's relax on crucifying the rookie that's played six games and was on a pitch count, and they didn't even look like they wanted to use him when he did play. Let's relax on crucifying him and saying he doesn't want to be here and he's immature and we got to get rid of him and he's a lost cause, he's a bust. Let's relax. If he has another fuck up, if he does something else stupid off the field, okay, then it might be time to look at and go, All right, this fucking guy he just doesn't care. Then, you know, like now Jameson, we're down to the we're down to it a little bit, where it's like, all right, buddy, you can't fuck up again. You can't fuck up again. And until you produce, until you have a Josh Gordon year, you can't start getting caught smoking weed. Like you gotta give us something, and then maybe we'll be a little more tolerant to the next gambling mistake. But for right now, Jameson, you tighten it the fuck up. We don't need to crucify the guy. Oh, okay to be frustrated. And it's time for him to tighten up. We don't need him. We'll be okay without him. But let's not fucking lose our minds. The draft. The draft. The draft. The draft. Here's the deal with the draft. Um, 
really two schools of thought for me. We got the sixth pick. Two schools of thought for me. Either both C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are gone, and you take one of the defensive players. Um, one of those defensive players ideally being Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or is his name Tavon Wilson? I'm sorry, I don't know the Texas Tech pass rusher's name. One of those three guys. That's where I'm at. That's five guys. There's a good chance they could all be gone. If they're all gone, I don't really have a preference. I, I mean, I do. I prefer we take somebody on the defensive side of the ball because, like I said, our offense, like we, I think we've got the pieces that we need. Yeah, we're probably going to add a wide receiver, but Jaden Reed is going to be there on day two, maybe day three. Like you don't need to go get the best wide receiver in the draft. You just need somebody that can get a little separation and has hands. You need a Jaden Reed. Go get that guy. Jamison will come back, maybe sign a free agent, whatever the case is. You don't need a game breaker offensively. You don't need a stud on the offensive line. You don't need Bijan Robinson at six. You don't need you don't need a quarterback if both Stroud and Young are gone. You don't need the reach for Will Levis. You don't need the reach for Anthony Richardson. Take what they give you. Ideally, defense. Here's the thing. Now, of the three defensive guys, my dream, Will Anderson. That's my number one guy right now. If I could pick anybody, Will Anderson, put him on my team. Put him on my fucking team, dude. I know Jalen Carter's a menace. He's got the off the field thing. He got caught driving with a gun. Um, he was fat at his pro day. It's all good, dude. I like eating too. I, you know, shit happens. I, it doesn't feel like Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes though would get behind that. Like similar to the Jamison thing. It's like, bro, this your pro day, your combine. This is like the one thing you got to do between the end of the season and your first NFL season, and you show up like you've been Ben Stiller at the end of dodgeball, that's not great. That's not going to do it for for a guy whose whole thing is like, how bad do you want it? We need motor. We need football. Hard nose, bite a kneecap guy. Not bite a donut. Bite a kneecap guy. So I don't know. I'd be happy with any of the three. I'd be elated with Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Will Anderson's my guy, but here is the one twist for the Lions tonight. CJ Shroud. I think it's a fact that Bryce Young will be gone in the top five or top, yeah, top five. I think it is a foregone conclusion he's going to be gone. Word on the street, though, is uh, Will Levis is starting to get gluck-glucked by owners in the NFL. Word on the street is the Indianapolis Colts fucking love Will Levis. I don't know why. Big body with a big arm? Okay, fine, take him. Maybe he'll be the great, but he's Josh Allen 2.0. I don't really know. If C.J. Stroud falls to six tonight, I think the Detroit Lions have to take him. I think that I think the Lions have to take him. Now, granted, if CJ Stroud falls to six, that probably means those three defensive players I just mentioned are all gone. But even if they aren't, if CJ Stroud is available at six, I think the Lions gotta take him. Let me tell you why, though. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Relax, relax, relax. Let me tell you why. I know. I know what you're saying. We don't need a quarterback. Jared Goff was great. We're trying to win right now. Like uh, we have a window. The window is opening. We need to upgrade this defense that was more than apparent all season long. There are good defensive players. Go get somebody to help the defense. I hear you. That will, absolutely. Getting a defensive player, one of those three or somebody else, will convert to the maximum possible wins this coming season over C.J. Stroud. I agree with that. But here is why you take C.J. Stroud. No matter how much you love Jared Goff, and he was great last year. I expect him to be great again this year. I don't know why he wouldn't be. No matter how much you love Jared Goff, in the next two to three years, no matter what the front office and Dan Campbell say, the Lions are going to take a quarterback. Whether it's with one of their first-round picks, 
whether it's a second round pick, a third round pick in the next two to three years, the Detroit Lions are going to draft a quarterback. That's a fact. That is something that's going to happen. Now, here's the thing. If we want to, at some point, do the thing where we're going to go and get one of these stud QBs coming out of college, he's the man, he'll fix the franchise. Guys like Bryce Young, guys like C.J. Stroud, we're not going to have a chance to do that. Caleb Williams next year, we're not going to have a chance. If this season and this roster is what we think they are, we're not going to be picking as high as sixth overall again for at least a couple years. Okay, You're not getting the top-tier elite quarterbacks in the draft class picking outside the top 10. You're making the playoffs outside the top 15, top 18, whatever it is. You're not going to get those guys picking that late, plain and simple. Now, maybe you strike gold. You go get a late Lamar Jackson. You go get a later Pat Mahomes. You get a later Justin Fields. You get a later Kirk Cousins, whatever the case is. Maybe. Maybe that happens. Oops. But I wouldn't put my eggs in that basket. And C.J. Stroud falling to you at six, it's the football gods just giving you one. It's the football god saying, you know what? These next couple of years, forget about it. Forget about the QB. Take this guy now. He's been 1-2 all season long. NFL scouts, college guys, everybody. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, all season long. He falls to six. He doesn't need the play right away. He's going to a great situation. He's got a phenomenal offensive line. He's got a run game. He's got weapons. He's got an unbelievable coach in Ben Johnson, a guy like Dan Campbell that's not going to rush him along. That's a team guy, a player's guy. He can sit behind Goff. It's a perfect fucking situation. And then a year from now, two years from now, when Goff, his contract's up or he's washed or whatever happens, you've got C.J. Stroud. And we need a backup. I think if C.J. Stroud falls to you at six, you got to do it. It's you're not going to pick this high again for the next couple of years. And we're going to need a quarterback at some point. If he's there at six, it's free money, dude. I know he doesn't help us to win the most games right now, but he will help us win the most games down the road. Quick break. Spend a minute on MSU and U of M football recruiting. All right, man. Michigan is on fire. These guys got the number one recruiting class in the country right now. Um, They got a five-star QB in that class. They're pulling kids out of Ohio. They got three of the top five kids in Ohio, I believe, right now. They just got a kid from Rochester Adams, like a top 50 player, freak tight end. Michigan is on fucking fire. Number one class, 14 recruits, back-to-back Big Ten championships. Jim Harbaugh, like this, this is, in my life, Maybe the Chad Henney, like 2000 when they lost to USC or 2001, whatever it was when I was like three years old, I guess that year. But this is the highest the Michigan football program has ever been. They can do no wrong on the recruiting field right now. Uh, Recruiting trail, dude. Recruiting field, who says that? It's sad as an MSU fan. It sucks to see them getting better. Um, It sucks. You know, like even the years – it's weird because even the years at MSU, we would beat Michigan all the time, like the prime D'Antonio years. Harbaugh's really up until two years ago when he beat Ohio State for the first time. Like Michigan had always recruited well. Top 15, top 10 classes every year. There was never really – it's not like, oh, shit, they're, they got the 24th ranked class this year. No, they always recruited well. They just couldn't put the talent together to figure it out to beat Ohio State or MSU half of the time. And now they've finally figured it out. They've won the last two against State. Or no, they've won the last one against State. They've won the last two against Ohio State. Back-to-back Big Ten championships. 
and they've got the best recruiting class maybe in school history, certainly of the Jim Harbaugh era. It's a little alarming as a Michigan State fan. It's a little alarming because um, we've struggled with them. Last year we got smacked. This year it's going to be a fucking war. The previous year we won the game, but God damn it, it was a dogfight, and they ended up going on to beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten anyways. It's tough that they've hit, they've started to win on the field, and now they're winning even more on the recruiting trail. That's a scary thought as a Michigan State fan. I will admit it. It's a scary thought. Um, it's similar to like I said it when Mel Tucker came in and he, like his first class, 2023, the first full one, or 20. 2022, the first full one was ranked like 2024th. 20, Last year's class, 2023, I think was ranked 22nd. And I was saying, look, MSU has handled Michigan in the past, in the recent past, bringing in classes in the 40s. All of a sudden, Mel Tucker's here. We're getting top 25 classes, unprecedented at MSU. If I was a Michigan fan, I'd be a little nervous. Like he is two and one against Michigan. He has just brung in the top two recruiting classes we've had since 2016 and indefinitely beyond that. If I was a Michigan fan, I'd be a little nervous at the thought of like, damn, dude, these guys have kind of fucked with us for the last 10, 15 years, and now they're going to start recruiting much closer to us. That'd be a little, that'd be a little scary. That's how I feel now with Michigan. It's like, fuck, we've had our hands full when they were pulling in like the ninth class, when they were pulling in the 12th class. The class of 2023, Michigan, coming right off that second Big Ten championship. Their class was, I think, in the 20s or in the high 10s. Like, Michigan State was just behind U of M's recruiting class last year, and they had just won their second straight Big Ten. I was sitting there going, all right, hey, you know, they're winning right now. It's not our time. We're still building. They can have their championships. Now's the time for U of M to go get them. We're keeping it close in recruiting. We're building. Once we get up to that talent level, let's see what happens. And it's like right when that happens, bang, number one class, these guys are cooking. It's a little scary. It's a little scary. And on the flip side, it doesn't help. MSU, dude. I have – I have. it's not a problem, but a qualm, like a bone to pick, a little bit of a beef. Sorry, I'm watching this Bruins-Panthers game out of the corner of my eye. minute and a half left in the third. 3-3 Bruins on the power play. It's an absolute electric hockey game we got going on. I love playoff hockey. Shout out Brent. Shout out the Bees. I have a little bit of a beef with MSU fans. I met, I went to Michigan State. I fucking love Michigan State. I get to work every day. One of the first things I do is just Google Michigan State football articles. That is not even a joke. I'm dead fucking serious. Read the same article, see the same shit, just like, oh, please tell me there's something new. Please tell me there's something free that I can read about state. Every day, I'm obsessed with Michigan State. I am. I have a problem with the fan base where every single time I ever say anything that like isn't totally positive, people need to come for me. People need to come and go, dude, You, this guy jumps ship so quick. Dude, you got to be patient. Dude, it's a long recruiting cycle. Dude, it's only April. Bro, I, come on. I thought you were a state fan. Just because I ever one time am like, hey, this thing MSU is doing isn't the best. Doesn't mean I'm not a fan. Doesn't mean I, I'm a negative Nancy. Doesn't mean I'm saying the world's on fire. Doesn't mean I'm saying we should get rid of Mel Tucker. Michigan's on fire on the recruiting trail. Michigan State. 
We've gotten one commit in the last like month or two. The three-star offensive lineman supposed to be pretty good. He's ranked in the 700s. All right, that's you know that's not bad. It could be worse. He's a body. He's an offensive lineman. We'll take it. But I went on. I made a video the other day saying, you know, when is State gonna get moving? When is Mel Tucker and the gang gonna start fucking accumulating some guys in the class of 2024? 2022 was good. Top 25. 2023 was good. Top 25. 2024. I said it at the end of last year. We said it throughout the season when we were getting our asses kicked against teams like Minnesota. We said it at the end of the last recruiting cycle where we finished 22nd, despite only having 18 guys in the class, a class that easily could have been top 20 or maybe even top 15. If it would have had 21, 22, 23 guys, as opposed to 18, we said it. 2024 needs to be like the jump 24 2024 needs to be the one. And I know a lot of it success. Like if we won 11 games again, last year, 2024 would probably be on fire. All would be well, we'd be holding the hands and jumping in a circle, kissing each other on the lips. I understand that. But look, dude, Mel took over a shit show. The season we won 11 games with K9 and them boys. That was great. That was awesome. That wasn't the norm. That wasn't supposed to happen. What happened last year is probably about on par for what was supposed to happen. What's about what this year, what's probably supposed to happen, especially given the schedules, like seven, eight games. Like if we won eight, I'd be happy with that seven. I'd be like, all right, fair enough. Six. I'd be, ah, eh. that's kind of the range. Six to eight games is where we're at this year. I, I don't love the whole, like, well, you can't blame Mel for not getting the recruiting going. Like they haven't had the on-field success this year. Wait till this season, wait till they win some games and pick up some momentum on the field and the recruiting will take off. That's not part of the deal, though. Like, Mel didn't take over a Michigan State team that was winning all these games. Mel didn't take over perennial Big Ten champion. Mel took over a fucking dumpster fire. I get it, dude. It's probably hard as fuck to recruit when you win three games the season prior. I get it. It's probably hard as fuck to recruit when you win five games and get your ass kicked by everybody that matters the season prior. I get it. I understand. I get it. East Lansing's not located in the South. I get it. Michigan State isn't the same brand as Michigan or Ohio State. Here's my thing. The one downfall, as good as the class of 2023 was, the one downfall, like we just mentioned, was they didn't have enough guys. Waited too long. Hands in the pockets. Crunch time came around. We only had like 15 dudes. We got a couple from California, dude from Arizona. And then, all right, we got 18. That'll be good enough. 22nd overall in the country, that'll do. At MSU, too, for our standards, for even what D'Antonio did, that's far better than what Mark D'Antonio did regularly. But you look at it and you go, if we hadn't waited around so long, like if you would have been a little more proactive and gotten those extra two, three, four, five guys, dude, easily the class is easily in the top 20. That shit might have been a top 15 class. And mind you, we need bodies. We've got the old guard still moving on, transferring out, graduating. We've still got the old guard where there's seniors, juniors on this team that were D'Antonio guys or whoever or just bodies Mel got in that first class to get them in that aren't going to play, that can't play with the likes of Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Like We still have a lack of talent. It was very apparent last season. We have a lack of talent at the starting level, but more so the second string level. Shout out the second string fucking gas clothing line. We have a we have a depth problem. 
We need bodies. We need higher talent. We need Mel Tucker to go get guys D'Antonio couldn't, even if they are going to be the third string safety, even if they are going to be the backup wide receiver, even if they are going to be the fourth practice squad linebacker. We just need bodies. We need more talent. We need bigger bodies. We need this roster to look like an SEC roster, to look like Georgia, to look like Michigan. You get the point. My beef right now with MSU and where we're at recruiting wise, and I'm not saying it's going to end this way. Like we could end the class of 2024 with 50 fucking guys in it. Could be a top five class, four or five stars. Like who knows? It might be the best class ever, right? It might be the top, a top 10 class. It might be the class that is the coronation day for Mel Tucker and East Lansing. It might be, I don't know. We do have a long way to go, but my issue with it right now is we're sitting at four guys. Michigan is pumping. Not that we should be comparing them ourselves to them. We're in two very different stages, which I already said, which I said in the video, yet people choose to ignore. But it should be a little extra kick in the ass. Like your arch rival is on fire and you got four guys haven't landed more than one commit in the last two months. And there's like no momentum. The only recruiting momentum State has is when the five-star David Stone posts that he's wearing a Spartan head on his fucking glove. We need more than that. We need guys. We need people to come here. We lost Nick Marsh, top 100 player, freak wide receiver, in-state kid. And now, yeah, we're in his top 12. I'd be surprised if he came back. Most kids who decommit from a place don't recommit. That's pretty infrequent. And even in the Mel Tucker era, we've already seen that guys who decommit don't end up back at MSU. I'm just waiting for this to get going. I'm waiting for us to be a little more proactive. I'm waiting for Mel Tucker and them to start identifying guys that they want and putting on the full court press. And I'm sure that they are, right? Like I'm sure Mel is flying all over the place every day. I'm sure Mel's entire summer is recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. I'm sure Mel is in David Stone's ear constantly. I'm sure they're doing everything they can. I am. But we're getting to the point in his tenure where it's results time. Like this class of 2024, no matter how the season goes, cannot go backwards if you're Mel Tucker. It cannot be worse than the class of 2023. Like this class of 2024, I would needs to be a top 20 class, right? Or at least it it should be. You were 22nd overall last year. 2024 has kind of been circled as the one where it's the first. All right, Mel's put the Mel's put a little bit of the culture in. The facility's starting to be built. That's another thing you can throw. It's Mel's team a little bit. The season should go better. You're doing all these things. 2024 should be the class where it's if you can't recruit at Michigan State, you probably can't recruit. All right, Mel, let's fucking see it. This should be the class. And the fact that he pulled in top 25 in 22 is great. Pulled in the 22nd last year. That's great. It's time to take a little bit of a jump. It's time to elevate a little bit. And it feels like to me, not saying it won't change, not saying this class won't be great. And by God, dude, I'm not saying get rid of Mel. This guy stinks, which people somehow fucking interpret. If I ever say one thing like, Mel, what's going on? People are like, you think we should get rid of him? That's crazy. It's too early. No, no, that's fucking nuts. Mel's going to be here for this season and next season at the very least. At the No, even if we lose all the games, he'll be here the following season. At the very least, I'm sure of it. All I'm saying, my only frustration is stemming from the fact that we saw the one downfall of last year's class, and it feels like we're repeating it. We made the mistake of too little too too late, and it feels like we're repeating it. Saeed Khalif, the guy who was running recruiting, 
He got canned supposedly because he put all of his eggs in too few baskets. And when those guys went to Miami or those guys went to Alabama or wherever else, we didn't have a backup plan and we were left shorthanded. And it feels like we're doing the same fucking thing. I'm not saying don't go after the high profile guys. I'm not saying quit on David Stone because he might go to Oklahoma. No. But start to build the class elsewhere. Like you don't need – every commit doesn't need to be a five-star. Every commit doesn't need to be a guy who's between us and Alabama and USC. You can still build the class without sacrificing going in on big-time talent. And I'm sitting here going, we got four guys. And I know there's other schools that someone said, Wake Forest is ahead of Alabama. Sure. Alabama has six commits. Three of them are five stars. The other three are four. Like that's that's not what we have. That's not that's not where we're at with our four, right? Like we we lost Nick Marsh. We don't have the momentum. We're not Alabama. We don't win 11 games every season. It's different. I just want to see a little bit of positive momentum. And then there's people that come that came to me with the video and they go, well, what do you expect him to do? He had re- recruiting staff turnover. Brandon Jordan left. Saeed Khalif left. Like he's trying to fill these spots. He's trying to make new hires. There's new coaches getting to know these players. What do you expect? Okay. Like I know, I hear you, but you don't think Alabama loses coaches? You don't think Ohio State's ever lost the recruiting coordinator? You don't think USC loses guys that are pivotal in, in recruiting? Like every fucking big program, that that's what happens. If you are a successful program, you will lose coaches. The more successful you are, the more people you will lose. That is the way it is. Nick Saban's lost a billion fucking people over his tenure. He doesn't go on there. Alabama fans don't go to Twitter and go, well, you can't blame them for losing this game. Like they hired our offensive coordinator away last year. Nobody does that shit. If he loses out, if they had a bad recruiting class, if Nick Saban, if they finished outside, probably the top five Alabama fans aren't going, well, a recruiting coordinator from the last class, he went to, he went to Auburn. So what do you expect? Nobody makes those excuses. I get it. It's probably tougher. I get it. We're in a little bit of a limbo. People are out. We're trying to replace them. Like Michigan state fans. I swear. Sometimes we don't know if we want to be at the big boy table or not. If you want to be at the big boy table, there is no excuse. There is no, well, this happened, so like you can't blame them. And yeah, it might be worse, but it's it's okay because that happened. That's not big boy mentality. That's not what the fucking powerhouses say. There is no excuse. Mel Tucker said it. Not me, not you. He didn't put any caveats or excuses in front of it. If you can't recruit at Michigan State, you probably can't recruit. I'm not saying he can't recruit. He's done a good job so far. Absolutely, he has. You can't deny that. But it's time to take it to another level. Learn from your mistakes. I don't want to be in the same fucking spot at the end of the class of 2024 and it's state. Yeah, we've got some, we got nine four stars, but we only got 15 guys in the class. It's the same shit. I don't want to remake that mistake. And then you look down the road in Ann Arbor and Michigan is fucking terrorizing people. Michigan is taking kids out of Ohio State's backyard. And we've got nothing moving. We're losing a top 100 kid from River Rouge. It's tough. It's it's tough. It's tough to look at. It's all I wanted to say. I'm not crucifying him. I'm not saying Mel stinks. Get rid of this. It could change. It could be the best class ever. I hope it is. But it's a little frustrating. And the people who come at me for it, dude, I should, you want me to just lie? Like, oh, it's great. We have four guys. We haven't. 
gotten a big time committed in ages. It's great though. Everything's great. It's awesome. Happy programs in a phenomenal spot. I don't, I'm not going to lie. It will get better. I believe it will get better. Obviously we're going to land recruits. Obviously we're going to win more games this year. All of that shit. Yes. I do believe in Mel Tucker making Michigan state into one of the big boys. If you're a fan, if you want to be a big boy, you got to act like it. You can't do the excuses. If you ask Mel Tucker right now, he wouldn't go, well, we have this thing, so that's stopping me, and then this other thing's not helping. He wouldn't be making excuses. He's the guy who said, I'm a horseshit football coach. It's accountability. You want to be at the big boy table? You got to act like a big boy, plain and simple. Just a little frustrating. That's all. And it's my baby. I love Michigan State. All right, everyone. That's all I got this week. Um, yeah, probably back to one, probably back to once a week. Hey, eh? I might do maybe, maybe Thursday night, maybe after the draft tomorrow, I'll rip an episode. That'd be kind of fun talking about who the Lions picked and how many games we're going to win and why the Super Bowl is going to be a fucking layup. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Otherwise, once a week, you know, it's slow season. No Red Wings, no Pistons, no football, no basketball. The Tigers suck ass. And uh, the Have Fun Club. Follow along there. That's the other podcast feed. Also going to be on the YouTube. I'm going to start doing random shit. I told you I was at Coachella. I was on a bender. We're going to record an episode. We're going to talk about life. We're going to make jokes. We're going to have fun. Get away from sports for a little bit. Anyways, I appreciate everyone's patience. All you guys that, uh, I don't know, stick with me through like my random disappearances. I don't mean to do it, but it's being hung over fucking blows. And then I'm sitting on my couch, like, I don't want to record a podcast. And then I think about the teams and I'm like, I don't want to talk about the tigers. So I appreciate everybody who bears with me and tunes in and gets excited when these come out. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude, it's a long game. It's also tough. Like been at it for a couple of years now. Like I got a nine to five too. I get tired. I get unmotivated, you know, shit happens. So I appreciate everyone who sticks through it. I appreciate everyone who supports. I plan to go balls in. Balls in, dive in, balls deep. I plan to get after it, though. That's the point. Anyways, hope you guys all have a good day. Hopefully the Lions do something smart tonight. Um, hopefully you have fun watching the draft. I'll catch you guys next time.